everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in the war rooms at Denver Dave and Punk Raider, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Howdy, boys. Good Hi. evening. How are we? We are Bored. good. Lockdown sucks. <laughs> Lockdown's easing, Dave. <laughs> it still sucks. There's no football. I mean, you're a bit of a, a hermit anyway, so I don't know why you're so worried. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bad. A relatively short one today, boys. Um, we're still doing our uh, draft analysis, and that'll be coming to that in the future one. But we came on the, the pod today because we wanted to talk about some news that's going on with the NFL. Some of the biggest news was the trading of picks uh, in this upcoming draft. So the first move was the San Francisco 49ers traded up to third overall from 12th with the Miami Dolphins for that 12th pick this year, a first and a third next year. And a first in 2023. Sam Fran won a quarterback, boys. Yeah, indeed. It looks that way, doesn't it? This is very close to what the Jets did a couple of years ago with Sam Darnold, isn't it? They moved to three. They knew that there was going to be a quarterback available, but they didn't know quite which one um, at that third spot. And they apparently at the time lucked on Sam Darnold. They might be trading him in this offseason. But uh, it's an interesting move for Sam Fran. They're obviously... Not in the top 10, but they were lower down than they normally would expect to be because obviously all the injuries and everything last year. So they've identified that they want to really reach up and get a quarterback in a QB-rich draft. And uh, I, I salute them for doing this. It's something I wish my team would do. But uh, What do you reckon, guys? I mean, to be honest, it, it kind of feels like it could... It doesn't even necessarily have to be a quarterback for this year. You know, they've right. still got Garoppolo under contract. They could in theory, do an Aaron Rodgers and sit this guy, whoever it is they draft, for two years. Um, and then, you know, Garoppolo, at the end of his contract, moves on and new, new boy takes over and, you know, in theory, uh, should be able and good to go from from the first game. Um, you know, obviously, the way the NFL is at the moment, it puts pressure on Garoppolo because... If he performs like he did last year, then he's going to be sat down very, very quickly, especially when you're signing a quarterback in this particular class, at, at, you know, t- one of the top three picks. And it's cost you three first rounders to do it. And it's cost you three first rounders to do it. So, you know, it's 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 a wake up call for Garoppolo. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea, to be honest. Um, I don't think he can play as badly as he did last year again um, without getting the boot. So yeah, uh, I, I think I think for them especially as well, after the injury riddled last year, they still got a decent squad. So it makes perfect sense to get their next quarterback in now, while they've still got the good squad to 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 play with next season. I think there's two points to this. Um, the first point is we've seen the, somewhat of a, a swinging trend in the NFL, where if you don't believe your quarterback is your guy, it doesn't matter what it costs, you you move off him. Mm-hmm. We saw it. We saw it happen with. Uh, the Eagles moving off Wentz. They're eating. Um, they're eating a lot. A lot of uh, cap space. The same goes for the Rams. Same goes for the Lions. The same way. The Lions is slightly for different reasons. Cardinals so, before that. Cardinals before that as well with Rosen as well. So yeah, if you if you don't believe it's your guy, then move off him. So I think they've absolutely done the right the right thing. I think the problem is the story now is not complete. We're kind of halfway through the story going, oh, this book's really good. This book's great. Well, this book is not so good if they don't pick up the right guy in the draft. Mm. And this story isn't going to be complete, let's be honest, probably for about two or three years. 
Because if they pick who we all think they should pick, I mean, we've all got our own opinions. Um, but if they go in and they pick someone, you sort of go, whoa, what's happened there? If they do, do a Trubisky pick, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, if they, if they do a Trubisky pick, then it kind of, everything they've done and as sitting here saying they've made the right move because they've identified who is their guy. Right now, I don't think it's a great move, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Because they're still at the whim of the second pick. They're completely at that whim because we all think that Zach Wilson's going second. That's the predominant, that's what everyone's kind of thinking. If Wilson doesn't go second and they end up picking fields or whatever, whatever your poison is, then all of a sudden they're left with potentially picking up someone who isn't the guy that they're all in for. Now, mm. it might end up being a guy who's more talented or whatever your thought process is on it, but they've given themselves less options because there's potentially three quarterbacks on the board that they think that, you know, we're going to be happy taking one of these three and they're all in on what, whatever those three are. But if the two that they're not expecting go ahead of them, then it, you know, they're in a position where they could be forced into picking a guy they don't necessarily want. Um, it would have made more sense to try and go up to two. Maybe they did. I don't they know. Probably did. Um, they probably did. Put and a it, in, right? it, yeah. And it can, you know, it can obviously all work out. And let's be honest, it probably will all work out. <laughs> Not a bad decision right to fall into, is it? As a, as a rookie QB, no, it's going to that system. No, but you've given up three three first round picks mm-hmm. and a third as well. I think that there was another later There's a third, a third round next well. year. Yeah. Yeah. A third as well. So you've given up a lot of draft capital for a little bit of uncertainty thrown in there. So the story so far is progressing nice and well, you know, we're, we're in episode two and it's all getting exciting and everything, but we're not at the, the crunch line where you can say, yes, that was a, that was a great move. The uh, thing to I think remember, the concern. I think the thing to remember though, is that the 49ers were drafting out of place you know if the 49ers are stayed fit and healthy last year they're not picking at 12 they're picking at 22 23 Mm -hmm. you know you would say with the talent they've got on their squad currently they'll be picking 22 23 if not later for the next two or three years this Mm -hmm. could be the only opportunity they have in these two three years that when's Garoppolo contract run out 23 i think is um this could be the only opportunity they get to get the next quarterback in. Um, assuming everyone's fit and, you know, there's nothing to indicate they shouldn't be, but apart injuries from, happen. Apart from the recent history of everyone on the squad being injured. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, very unlucky. It's, it's very unlikely that the same squad gets the same amount of injuries the next season. You know? Tell that to any fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> they've, been, they've been injured for a decade. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, but you know, it's, it's. I I can see why they've done it, and I like. Yeah, the yeah. Thinking I, as I said, it. I totally agree. But you are we're right. In, in we're in episode you... two right now, and everything looks fine and dandy and rosy, and we're thinking everything's going to progress the way we think it should. But we need to wait for that cliffhanger. We need to wait for the big, you know, the big punchline to go. Okay, this is what we want to do. Yeah. The other 100%. thing to remember is that the Garoppolo contract's like 137 million. So it's, it's, it's around, you know, 80 million guaranteed or something, something around those numbers. So they're going to run out of cap space really quickly when they've got to go back and start, you know, giving contracts out to Debo and some of the other players they've got. So, you know, it's, I can fully understand why they've done it and I can fully understand why they've done it now because it gives them that two-year window to make sure this is the right guy. Now, 
I agree with what you're saying in that they might end up with, well, whoever's left, but, you know, that is a risk they're going to have to take. Yeah, so the, the Jimmy G contract uh, has only got two years left on it. Um, and in terms of dead cap space, I mean, they're not getting rid of him next year. We know that. Jimmy no, Kilo no, is no, going to be playing be to the 49ers next year. Now, the year after, um, we're expecting a massive uplift, and they're only in sort of dead money is about 1.4 million. It's not much because all of the dead money was sort of front loaded. So they're not actually losing that much money by cutting him one year before the end of his contract because his contract ends at the end of 2022. So they're only actually going to lose him for one year. So it's not that much of a of a cap E. But you're right, when they signed it, it was a massive contract and it was very, very quickly overtaken by a number of quarterbacks. I think Matt Stafford, we only stood for a few days and then Matt Stafford signed a big contract which overtook it after that. Then Matt Ryan. Carousel, yeah. Yeah, loads of them. Um, but I, th- I think you're right in the fact that it, right now it looks it looks like the right move. You've identified your guy, brilliant, go and get him. But what if the guy you've identified isn't on the board? We're assuming it's a quarterback. You're picking third, yeah. and the two teams ahead of you are also picking quarterbacks. There's a chance that the guy you've identified is not going to be there. Unless it's they pick four that. quarterbacks they like, in which case they should be all right. Yeah, yeah, I mean... But what if even if you've even if you've got four girlfriends, one of them's still your favourite? Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, yeah, we all know what you mean there, Dave. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter if you've got three guys you like. One of them is still going to be the guy. The reason that you moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and it, it, I, I think it depends on who's remaining. Chances are it's all going to work out because, as you say, it's a playoff roster, um, and the guy who's going to come in, there's no pressure on him first year because we know. He's going to, he should sit anyway. The only problem is when Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured in week eight, which let's be honest, he will. Um, do you then throw in whichever rookie you've got or do you throw in Nick Mullen or CJ Beathard if he's still there this week? You know, it, it, what do you do at that point? Because you're almost forcing yourself into a position where we've got a quarterback who's got you know health inconsistencies. So uh, are we inadvertently putting ourselves in a position where a rookie might have to start? What do you do if it's in week three? What do you do if it's in week 12? You know? All fun questions that John Lynch will have to answer. Uh, but if any GM can stick it, and I think John has proven himself so far for it all to come out smelling of roses. There was another team, obviously, a part of this trade, and that was the Miami Dolphins. So what did they do? They took that 12th pick and then moved back up to sixth with the Philadelphia Eagles a, a day later. The, the deal broke down. The Dolphins got the sixth pick and the 156th pick, which is the fifth rounder. And the Eagles got the 12th pick, the number 123rd pick, which is a round four pick. And the first overall pick in 22, uh, which is likely the, the pick they got from the Niners. So actually, this works out. The Dolphins moved back three places, but gained a third round pick next year and a first round pick in 2023. And just had to switch a fourth round for a fifth round uh, to complete the deals. So they've moved down, but not a lot. And they've still gained some pieces there. It's not quite that. So they've traded next year's pick that they got from the Texans. Um, one thing the Eagles said uh, as part of their negotiation is we don't want your pick or the 49ers pick. We want the Texans pick specifically. Okay. So I think they're banking on the Texans having a worse yeah, season than exactly. the Eagles, which I is a safe bet. bet. Yeah. That's a safe, that's a decent bet. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a good still chance you're going to be picking They've still, they've yes. still worked it all out. Yeah. I think it makes perfect sense for the Eagles because they're not in the they're not in the quarterback market. I think they can move down quite happily and probably still get someone who's very high on their board, um, who is going to improve their team. Um, and let's be honest, they're now potentially going to have three first round picks next year because yeah, the Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz depending on 
yeah, depending on the conditional, Carson Wentz two becoming a one, um, which is probable. But let's let's wait and see on that one. That means two of the teams, the Dolphins and Eagles, have five first round picks between them next year. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> potentially, yeah. potentially. But so, it's not a bad yeah. move for the Dolphins. I, mean, I like the way they're moving around, but still not going too far down that they can't pick up one of the elite players at, at the positional group. So. There's going to be an elite tackle there. There's going to be an elite receiver there. Yeah, that and and that's what the Dolphin needs. You know, the Dolphins need an elite receiver. They need elite tackles. Um, you know, I, I can understand why they've done it. Um, I think the Eagles are sitting there going, "Thank you very much." To be honest, I think I think the Eagles have kind of lucked into a situation where, you know, next year, like you say, they're going to have multiple first round picks and and can really look to build and strengthen whatever foundation they can put in place this year. Um, I mean, the Eagles need it a lot. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Eagles were involved in more trades, to be honest. Um, but yeah, from the Dolphins' perspective, I think they're going to get the player they want um, in the position they need. And, you know, they've also gained, gained for future as well. So yeah, win-win. Absolutely. So those are the trade moves that have happened so far. Now we've just got to wait a month to find out what they do with them. Uh, so one of the massive piece of news, boys, that the 2021 regular season, as in the one that starts in a little more than five months, will be the first 17-game regular season in NFL history. The new collective bargaining agreement that was negotiated and signed last year allows NFL to go to 17 games as early as this season, providing they've negotiated at least one new media rights deal, which they have. The owners vote Tuesday was just a mere formality. And they've already laid the groundwork for the format and addressed it with their network TV partners in the latest talks. Since new CBA runs through to 2030, this likely becomes a new NFL reality for the foreseeable future. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, the Super Bowl, which has been scheduled for February the 6th, next year is now expected to be played on February the 13th. The season is expected to start with a traditional Thursday night opener on September the 9th, which had been the plan even if the season had stayed at 16 games. The first regular season Sunday is expected to be the 12th of September. And the Sunday of week 18, when the final regular season games will be played, is expected to be the 9th of January 2022, COVID willing. So there's bad news. There'll still only be one bye week, despite the extra game. Good news is that the preseason set to shrink down to three games, except for the two teams that play in the Hall of Fame game. It may eventually go down to two preseason games. We don't know. Um, and beginning in 2022, all 32 teams that play will need to play an international game at least once every eight years. So lots of things to digest there. First of all, the extra game we thought it was coming um, after they signed that CBA uh, a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about the 17th game for a while now, haven't they? So, you know, it seems like finally they, they came to came came to agreement on, on the player side. Although, if you look at social media over the last few days, I don't think there are a huge number of players that are over-enthusiastic about having to play an extra game. Um, which I can fully understand, you know, it's it's almost different if you add the game at the beginning of the season compared to the end. Um, so, you know, it might be a case that regardless, maybe if you if you started the season a week earlier and stuck an extra bye week in, you know, the concern is injuries, of course. Um, by the time you get to week 17, as it will be, uh, then, you know, just going off the volume of injuries that happen, little niggly ones. I'm not necessarily talking about huge ones, but it, it does make you wonder whether there will be more teams that struggle in the playoffs because they've got so many injuries to deal with. Um, from that, that point of view, you know, 
we'll see what happens. Um, one thing I thought they could have done with this 17th game, rather than it being into conference, is make it kind of a rivalry game, which would have yeah. been quite fun and interesting to see. So, you know, you could have had the Jets play the Giants every every year. You could have had the two LA teams playing every year. Yeah, you could even even have some of the old old rivalries set up again. So you know, Seattle versus New Orleans or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel they they kind of missed a bit of a trick to have something a bit more interesting there. Because for example, this upcoming season you're going to end up with Carolina versus Washington. I think, um, as well as Chiefs Packers. Terrible. You know, yeah, I think I think well, yeah, maybe, but you know. I think I think rivalry games that you could have played the same opponent every single year and kind of created derby day atmospheres would have been quite nice think, to have. I think I, I I did think that as well. I thought derby day atmospheres, um, but out of division. So there's no point in the Raiders playing. Yeah, Broncos no point us playing. We the already Chiefs played the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, what I thought would be really nice though is to have it at a neutral venue. So how about the Broncos play the Cardinals in Florida? Do you know, it's just something like that, just so that if you are a Broncos fan, you get to see your, do you know what I mean? Just something different. Yeah. I mean, or... that was going to be one of the things, wasn't it? I remember a couple of years ago when they were talking about it, they were talking about all of these games, the Week 17 games being international games. Yes, I agree so, with that. You know, Germany, Japan, Canada, Mexico, or yep. wherever, you know? I mean, Probably you ex- not Brazil. Not at the probably, moment, in a way. Probably not, but <laughs> I mean, you could even expand it into you know, American cities that don't have NFL teams, you know, Portland or anywhere else, San Antonio, you know, you you could almost handle it. Yeah. yeah, Well, that was, that was going to be the other thing to say, because otherwise you end up playing, uh, you end up playing on a baseball field and and football on a baseball field has never looked good, no matter uh, what team you are. (laughs) But certainly anywhere that's a university town that's got, you know, Big old, big old university stadiums. You could have played. Them there. I mean, let, let's be honest. So I the, think... in, the infield at Daytona, Daytona Speedway can fit an NFL field in it, so you could quite easily <laughs> yeah. do that and have exactly. like. I mean, I'm being ridiculous. I know, but that you could have crazy, NASCARs. Yeah. You could have NASCARs <laughs> going NASCAR, around. Yeah, yeah. Daytona I mean, 500 at the same time. Oh, as an NFL come game. on! You know that would be good. You know <laughs> that would be a spectacle. There. You've got a field goal. He just... Come on! You know that would be good. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes lobs a ball through someone's window. Knocks <laughs> <laughs> the driver Sparko. That means that uh, uh, yeah. they will never get an eight, an eight and eight team anymore. So the the Jeff Fisher going five hundred will be difficult now. You'll you you'll never get Jeff Fisher back into a into a coaching Some, role. No, someone will, get, someone will get someone will get a five hundred record. Someone will because <laughs> there'll be a draw. There'll be <laughs> a, there'll, there'll be, a draw. be a, an eight eight and one. Yep, eight, eight, and one, and it'll be the Bengals. One, one day, if it's oh, going to be yeah. anyone, it's going to be the Beng- Bengals or the Browns. It'll be an eight, Bengals eight or the one. Browns. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's just a shame that 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 we're on an odd number now. You know, everything everything worked out so nicely when it was even numbers. You know, sixteen mm, weeks, thirty-two teams, four divisions, four teams to a division. It was yeah. it was nice and simple and makes sense, wonderful. But you know, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure this is just a precursor to an eighteenth game. So you know. We'll see how we go. I, um, I, what I'd like to see, if I'm honest, I'd like to see 18 games and two bye weeks. I mm. think that would make more sense. Because how many times, how many times have we seen? I think the same thing happened with the uh, it was a similar thing happened with the Steelers this season. Your bye week was like week three or something stupid like that. Mm. Um, a couple of years ago, 
I think someone's bye week was week one or week two because there was thunderstorms. Yeah, in Miami, and, Miami, and somebody else wasn't it? Ended Amber up having like that. Bye, yeah, so yeah bye week one and then bye week and week one. Yeah, just have two bye weeks and everything will work itself out quite nicely. Because every every player, every player, no matter what interview you listen to, all say, "I love the bye week." If you yeah. say, "Look, you got to play eighteen games." Um, and you can also introduce another rule where you have to use every man on your roster for a certain amount of snaps or just yeah. something, you know what I mean? So you have to use more players. Well, do you know what? Increase it from 53 players to 60 players. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the Actually CBA worked. would require a lot of renegotiation because of funds and stuff like that. But it, it, you can easily stretch that kind of thing yeah. out. And um, if, if, but I if think eventually a, we are going to move to 18 games. There's no doubt about it. We absolutely right. fundamentally will move to 18 games. I think you're right. And I think I think they'll end up dropping another preseason game. Like you said, sticking in two bye weeks. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just makes sense to do it that way. Especially with the, um, yeah. the, the, the now new playoff rules where only one team's getting a bye in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So on on wildcard weekend, uh, not wildcard weekend. Yes, wildcard weekend. Only one team gets to buy, don't they? So, you know, it, it it yeah. I mean, it it very much looks like the the first steps towards an eighteen game season, if you ask me. But Rich Eisen floated an idea a couple of years ago that you should have a bye week after the regular season before the playoffs. You should have one week's grace before this before the off season before starts the wildcard games. because before the wildcard games. Now the problem with that is. Is it then an advantage if you are the seeded team who then have a bye week because you're effectively out for two weeks? So that's probably one argument against it. But the key point of the season is the playoffs. I mean, that's there are players who are def- whose careers are defined by the playoffs or their lack of success in the playoffs. So if you can have an extra week to rest up and become, you know, is that slightly more healthy and have a little bit more time. I'm I'm a fan of that, but again, if you're a seeded team, is it an advantage or a disadvantage to potentially have two weeks off? Yeah, it's just something that said that momentum's a, a big factor in them going through, and it doesn't mean just because the number yeah. one seed you're going to win the win the Super Bowl, as the Bucks can tell us, and plenty of other teams have come from <laughs> being a lower down yeah. seed to to go and win it. So I'm not sure that's a, gr- a typical Rich Eyes just throwing something against the wall. Um, yeah, no, I think it's really a preseason game. Is is it? It's got my vote basically. So yeah, but it's a bit awkward having this odd number because now. One se- one year this year the AFC teams get nine home games, and then next year it's going to be the NFC teams have nine home games. So it's just going to be see that's that's why I figured the neutral site thing would have been better mm, because yeah. exactly that, like you say, you know the the extra revenue that will come in is great, but you're only getting it once every two years. More international games. That's what we want to hear. More international games. Definitely you know, more well, Mexico. The, the other thing. You the other thing potentially is um, like they have in the FA Cup. Um, in the FA Cup, it doesn't matter who's home or who's away. It makes no difference. You you share the income. Um, if you know if you're a team who gets an away draw at Manchester United, that's you know brilliant because the prize money is irrelevant. You're going to get 1.4 million on the gate because you know they take so much money. It's a 70,000 seat stadium. There's no reason they can't do that. You say okay, the Broncos are uh, the lines are at the Broncos. Say the Broncos take in five million gate or whatever it's going to be, which is you know for an NFL team is perfectly feasible. Two and a half million each done. Yeah, but the money's all shared anyway, so I won't worry too much about that. Not in terms of gates and reset and uh, no, gate receipts go to the individual stadiums. So that's why it's why, yeah, it's 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 why the Jones Mahal at ninety thousand or whatever is, um, yeah, can pay for itself basically. Mm-hmm. Exciting times. Before we go, boys, I want to do some uh, some team news. I'm going to start with Broncos update, Dave. 
And that's that Justin Simmons has got his deal from the Broncos. And it's a big one. Four years, 61 million, which is the biggest ever in terms of average per year, given to a safety. Didn't we cover this last week? No, we said that you were going to agreeing terms, but they hadn't you actually You were hoping to agree terms, yeah. They've now agreed terms. Okay. Sorry, I thought we covered this. Highest paid safety ever. Yeah. Happy boy. I mean, it's inflation. Inflation. Um, <laughs> he's one of the best safeties in the league. He's one of those guys who, when we first drafted him, he looked solid and he's progressed every year. If you have one of those guys who looks okay and then all of a sudden they have a massive jump one year you, and then you offer him a big deal, you kind of go, mm, not sure about that. Mm, he's had one big year. Is he going to follow it up? Justin Simmons has continually got better and better and better and better. So I'm not overly concerned because you can see the increase year after year. Um, Garrett Bowles, for example, this year was, you know, led the league in holding year after year. And he's had one Pro Bowl year and we've given him a big contract because he was on his fifth um, fifth year option. Mm-hmm. That one I'm a bit more nervous about because, you know, you can see limited progression and all of a sudden he's had one massive jump. So you're a bit more worried about it. Pay me. Um, but Pay no, me. I, have, I have absolutely no issue with him. Um, he was on a franchise tag last year. Um, if we tagged him a second time, he's then on uh, the average of top five plus, you know, and then, then a bit of commission on top of that as well. Um, so we're actually paying him less this year. Uh, and the fact that we've managed to, even though he's being paid the most out of any safety year on year, we actually in cash paying him less this year than we would be anyway. So it makes sense for everyone. And it also helps that we're bringing back his partner in crime, Kareem Jackson, on less money. Yes. So uh, our secondary this year is, uh, or next year, sorry, will is looking very good. I'm, I'm very excited. It's just a shame that at the other end we're uh, so uh, terrible at the moment. But no, no, I'm very, very happy with that. Very happy on, Let's do some Raider news then, shall we, Punk? Are they moving again? Left tackle Colton Miller has signed a three-year extension worth more than $18 million per year, putting amongst the top five highest paid defensive tackles in terms of average annual value. The extension is worth up to $68.7 million. That includes the $2.3 million salary uh, from last year of Miller's rookie deal, a fifth-year option worth $10.8 million, and the three new years on the deal, which can be worth $18.5 million per year, apparently, if he hits certain incentives. That deal includes $42.6 million guaranteed at signing, and it keeps him there until 2025, at least. You happy about Colton Miller being there, Punk? Sorry, is this a yen? I don't mind Colton Miller being there, actually, because very much like Dave was saying about Simmons, he has shown progression each and every single year. The bit I'm a little bit wary of here is if we've got rid of Hudson and co to pay Colton Miller, that seems a bit silly to take you know, uh, two thirds of your offensive line and, and end up just paying one guy. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it affects the rest of the draft or any other free agency signings. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it. You know, guys can make money good on them. <laughs> I'm all, I'm always happy when a player gets paid, but yeah, it says here that he allowed just two sacks in 961 snaps. He had a PFF yeah. grade of 72.9 for last year. Um, the Raiders have also re-signed guard Denzel Good to a two-year deal and brought back 37-year-old Richie Incognito on a reduced rate. As you said, they did trade away centre Rodney Hudson, guard Gabe Jackson and right tackle Trent Brown. Those moves get saved you 32.6 million salary. And you got a lot of um, draft picks as well, mid to late round draft picks out of those uh, trade-outs as well. So... Yeah, I mean, I think we spoke about Trent Brown and, and those guys previously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, 
Trent spent most of the time injured, so yeah, it was almost pointless having him around. Um, Hudson is a loss. Um, I do think he's one of the top five centres in football. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he will do ridiculously good things. I can't remember where he went. Cardinals, no. Cardinals, yeah. Where did he go? It was Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he will he will do well for them. Um, and he's to be fair, he's the one that I was most shocked we let go. Um, but you know, I don't quite get why you'd want thirty-seven-year-old Richie Incognito. I mean, all right, he was sold enough when he was thirty-two, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I just don't get that one. He, he feels like training camp fodder to me. But he's one of those guys who I think has always been extremely strong. And if you can stick him inside between the A and B gap, you're probably, you know, quite happy. You're not, you, let's be honest, you're not going to want him uh, playing anyway. He's not going to want him playing tackle. Um, so no. you're going to be sticking him inside as a guard and you're not going to pay him very much. And he's got experience in order to get through. He's probably not going to get beat on the inside. And who, if, if, as long as you've got an experienced centre, you'll be all right. I don't know who your centre is. Um, but, well, neither do we at yeah, the minute. Be... That's the point. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't realize you got rid of your centre. Yeah, oh, Rodney Hudson's ignore the centre. Ignore what I just so. said. Then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thir- uh... th- but but thirty-seven-year-old Richie Incognito. I I don't care how strong he is. He's not. We well, he had a couple of years out as well, so he might be a slightly younger thirty-seven. A younger he thirty-seven, someone... maybe. Maybe yeah, I don't know. But then I'm, again, I'm not, you know, put it this way: I'm not convinced by that move at all. But you know. Yeah. It is what it is. We'll see. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks. But yeah, Colton Miller, um, steady progression. I know you guys when we first drafted him said we reached, um, but I think I, well, know, thing, he's one of those that players that for me could could very easily s- still sit in the league for another ten years and and be a very very solid left tackle. So you know, great. Yeah, it was a fifteenth overall pick think, for you, wasn't he? Yeah, that felt yeah. high at the time. Uh, your centre, according to ESPN Punk, is Nick Martin. Is it? Mm. I was thinking Doug I Martin. I was going to say, he's a running back. Who did Nick <laughs> Martin play for, Dave? Come on, he must have played for like, Shrewsbury or someone. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll run with Shrewsbury. What's his name? <laughs> Nick Martin. Nick Martin. I can't Nick think Martin. of a Nick Martin. Nigel Martin. I think of Russell Martin as well. Russell Martin used to play for Norwich. Hmm. And okay, so that's that. And Steeler news and our exodus of starters may have been a bit of a mirage. First of all, Juju Ooh. turned down more money from both the Ravens and the Chiefs to stay in Pittsburgh on another one year deal. I wanted him to go to the Ravens. Then, after defensive tackle Tyson Alualu, who was a first round pick for the Jags, had signed a two year, $6 million deal to rejoin the Jags, he changed his mind and will actually take the Steelers' original lesser offer. Apparently, other Steelers players managed to convince Alualu to stay after his trip to Florida was delayed after he tested positive for COVID. So, I'm very happy about this because Tyson's a pretty good defensive tackle, to be honest. And we could do that. So a positive COVID test has been positive for you. It was very positive for the Steelers, absolutely. So <laughs> some good news there. I, I still think Juju going to the Ravens would have been hilarious. I mean, <laughs> after all the shenanigans of dancing and all the rest of it, I mean, I just think that would have been brilliant. But The, yeah, the shocking one's got to be the Chiefs, though, right? Why would you turn down the chance to go with more money and play with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, it doesn't make sense, that one, does it? There you go. He wants to be a Steeler for life, so... 
that to me, well, that to me says more about what's happening in his personal life. He doesn't want to move out the area or maybe his kids are in school or something like that. I, don't, I mean, I've never been to Kansas. about 12, isn't he? I've never <laughs> been to Kansas City, but the, the choice between living in Pittsburgh or Kansas City, I'm choosing Pittsburgh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not having my kids growing up in Kansas City. No, going back to Colton Minute, just for one second. I know oh, we moved off no. that, but no. The only, you mentioned that we were, um, I was trying to say something, but I was on mute. So when you <laughs> mentioned like, that yeah. we were, uh, you mentioned that we were sort of mocking you about Colton Miller. It wasn't necessarily that. It was more that you picked up Colton Miller when Derwin James was still on the board. Now, mm. the Raiders need uh, a safety. You've all you've needed a safety for quite some time. And he is potentially one of the best safeties. So you, and not only did you not pick him up, but you then let him go to a division rival. Now, when, it, as the book is, you know, as I said earlier, as the story is shaken, shaken out, you've got Carlton Miller who's played every game and Derwin James who's missed two full seasons. So yeah. who's laughing at the end of it? And that's exactly what exactly. I was saying. And, and, you and have that to wait for that long story. Yeah, and yeah, that 100%. happens with every single draft. You know, you, you can't judge a draft class until three, four years after yeah, I've been drafted. Yeah, yeah, but even after year one, after year one, I'm saying you, you let you let Derwin James go. You're idiots. But you know, a couple of years down the line, you go in. Yeah. All right, it's shaken up that you were actually right. I mean, there are other players afterwards who you think, okay, let's, you know, you, you could have had this guy, you could have had that guy, but you can do that for every single pick ever. I mean, yeah. ever. Probably apart from Patrick Mahomes because he went, what was it, 10 or something like mm-hmm. that. Don't forget, um, Tom Brady went 199th. Yeah, exactly. There's 198 <laughs> players above him. Yeah, exactly. You think, what, what were you lot looking at, <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> So, yeah, th- that was the only reason when you're saying we were mocking you, because we were sitting there afterwards going, how the hell did the Chargers get Derwin James? Um, but now it's not not too much of a big deal until next season when he comes out and, you know, he's a first team all pro again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, one of the bit of news is that Tyler Lockett, uh, Dave's favourite route runner, um, has mm-hmm. mentioned with the Seattle Seahawks, four years, 69.2 million with 37 guaranteed. This smells like the Seahawks begging Russell Wilson not to have yeah. any thoughts about leaving them anytime soon. Yes, 100%. This is pay my mate or I'm going. That's yeah, yeah. Exactly. I want some That's more exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what? This is the best move that they could have made. Oh, Tyler yeah. Lockett has been, uh, you know, he's the sidekick. He's the Robin to the Batman. I can't think of any more superheroes because I suck on Marvel and DC. But mm, mm. he is, you know, I, I was trying to think of Superman. Superman got a sidekick? No, no. Crypto the dog. <laughs> uh, he, is, he is the lowest lane to Superman. How about that? Deep cut. Well, I'm, not sure if, I'm not quite sure if that works, but let's run with it anyway. But he is his favorite wide receiver. And it's very much a case of we want to do everything we can to make you happy that side of the ball. Um, so... It, I think it makes perfect sense. And you're basically feeding your franchise, not even your franchise quarterback, your franchise. He is the, the entire yeah, I must have had a sniff of what it might, might have been like without Russell Wilson next year and absolutely shit yeah. a brick. A couple of years ago, I know I, I know I say this a lot, but a couple of years ago, we went to Seattle and his face is on everything. I mean, and I don't mean like it's here, there. I mean, it's on everything literally everything you go and buy an ice cream it's got russell wilson's face on it you go and buy a beer there's a picture of him behind the bar everywhere is everyone wears a russell wilson t-shirt no one wears russell no one wears tyler lockett no one wears anything else. everyone's got russell wilson he is the franchise you aren't just damaging you aren't just damaging your team you're damaging your franchise by getting rid of him and there's not many players you can say that about um 
so I, I think there's a fairly good chance that this whole uh, this whole sort of story of him potentially leaving, there's been a bit of a backlash in uh, the Pacific Northwest and they've suddenly realised, mm, okay, maybe it's not such a good idea after all. It's kind of like the film Draft Day where they, they make a decision then they're sort of at the gates uh, <laughs> having a pop and they're like, oh, let's get the pick back, let's get the pick back. So yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that, that yeah. team has, has not tried to really help Russell throughout his career, basically. They had the Legion of, of Boom but they didn't really help Russell too much. And it was always a case of, um, you know, running it on first and second down and making Russ get him out of jail on third down more often than not. And Except for in the Super Bowl where they should have been running it on first and oh, second down and decided don't. to throw it. Don't, 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 don't. <laughs> Worst call ever. Beast <laughs> mode. You've got beast mode. Yeah. What I mean is they I haven't really done an awful lot to help Russell Wilson throughout his entire career. He well, was certainly never protected pick. him, have they? Let's be no. honest. He, he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't a first-round pick for them. He was a third round, I believe. Yep, third round. And, yeah. you know, they just brought in Matt Flynn. And by, yeah. by the end of training camp, Matt Flynn wasn't there because Russell Wilson was that good. But it doesn't ever seem like the, the Seahawks have properly appreciated Russell Wilson being in that building. Just from an outside, you know, I, don't, I haven't been to Seattle, so I haven't no, seen his face on everything. I, but I, I kind of agree with that, and I think Russell Wilson kind of agrees with that as well, which is yeah. why he's starting to kick up a stink, um, saying, "Look, I am exactly as you said, Dave. You know, the face of the franchise. I am. Yeah. I am Seattle at the minute, and and if you guys aren't gonna aren't gonna respect me and and you know actually look after me, then why am I here?" Mm. thing is i saw that in seattle for a week and we did a tour of the pacific northwest we went to loads of different places so in seattle we were actually only there for about four or five days and i saw that in that four or five days he lives there you know he's not walking around completely blind he he's going to yeah. see all of that and a lot of people go oh, he yeah, probably yeah. doesn't live in seattle we went all around that area i mean we went to sort of we were in uh that part where the goonies is filmed which isn't which is in near portland which isn't even in Washington State, and there was still Russell Wilson stuff there because he's the Pacific. Yeah, he's that the team of the Pacific Northwest. We went to Vancouver in Canada. There's still Russell Wilson stuff in Canada. It's <laughs> honestly he cannot move without seeing his own face and being mobbed. He is that area, and I think it's a it's it's amazing it's lasted this long because there's a lot of quarterbacks. Imagine if it was Cam. Imagine if Cam was that popular in that area. He was in Carolina. It would have been. No, but it would have been week three and he would have been kicking off. Week three of his first season. It would have been three week three of preseason in his first season. It had been kicking off. So it's amazing it's taken this long, quite frankly. Um, part of me wants them to get rid of him, to be honest. But just to, just to see what happens. It's kind of like when Trump became president, you're going, oh, this is going to be interesting. And then after 10 minutes, you realize it's a car crash. But it, yeah, they, they have to do everything they can to keep hold of him. There you go, boys. Those, that's the news. We've updated everyone on what's been going on. And next time we do a pod, we'll be doing the first round mock drafty bidding process for uh, our overlord, Punk Raider, who'll be deciding whether me or Dave um, have sold him on a player for each team. Yeah, we'll I, make it a I bit more then. interesting than a standard mock draft, won't we? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do We're something a, a little bit more off the wall. And yeah. I heard then me and Jim are going to have a row. <laughs> we'll get you two to, to, to argue with each other and <laughs> see how it goes. There's a first time for everything, I Dave. The one, thing, the one thing I will say, the one thing I will say is typically when Jim and I have done draft stuff, we don't always disagree. So there might actually be no. a lot of agreeing, which is 
uh, unfortunate. I think it's towards the end of yeah, exactly. the end of I the think, first I round. We'll have a, I think we'll have top a, ten, top fifteen. You'll probably agree on quite a few. Once we mm. start getting in the late teens and early twenties and beyond, then I think yeah, a bit of disparity could come into it. But <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. It should be fun. Talking of mock mm-hmm. drafts as well, I am still doing this UK fan mock draft with. You are on round three or round five, I think. Uh, it's only been a week, and yeah, we're around to about round five. Uh, still, is three, 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 three picks to go, and uh, yeah, it, it it drags so long. I but mean, we do we do we have to be kind about it just in case the organisers are listening? I mean, it is um, fun. Or... It is it is interesting to see, and actually, it does help me a lot in terms of knowing about lower down draft prospects. And it forces you to to watch some of this tape uh, on people that you wouldn't normally want to watch. So that it's been helpful in that respect. Keep an eye on Twitter at Jim and the King at uh, Denver Dave Thirty at Punk underscore Raider for what's going on in the meantime before our next pod and JimandTheKing.com for all of our stuff on there and streaming it. But until next time, boys, I've been Jim. That's been Denver Dave. That's been Punk Raider. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah.